I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. Welcome back to the second part of the plant episode of the podcast. Let's jump right back in to talk about some more technical aspects of plant care. Something that people talk about a lot, I feel like this is like in plant Instagram, and it's also a lot in like the more traditional circles that I feel like I experience when I go to like botanical garden classes and stuff, is the organic aspect of it. Um, Like the first soil I bought was absolutely miracle Grow cactus soil. Um, because it said cactus on the back (laughs) and it was like available at Lowe's. And so I felt like, oh, this is very clearly for me right now. Um, also it was really cheap because it's like the ubiquitous product. Mm -hmm. Um, but the more I started learning about it, people were talking about growing organic and I was like, oh, maybe I should try that because it'll be just like the harder thing. It'll be like a level up kind of, um, And so I do now. I don't know that it matters really because we're not growing edibles. Mm. And so it's not really a concern of like, oh, I'm ingesting like... Miracle growth? Yeah, essentially like chemicals that have been poured in the soil. Um, The guy who runs the greenhouse at Barnard says that science says that a molecule of nitrogen is a molecule of nitrogen regardless of whether it's organic or synthetic. And mm-hmm. that the plant can't tell. Seems... He seemed like a guy who knew science. Yeah. Um, but everyone else I've heard say is like organic is better. So I don't know. I'm not going to take a stance on it. Um... <laughs> going to remain <laughs> neutral here at apartment 26. Yeah. I mean, I am currently growing organic and I'll link the things that I use. But I don't know that our cacti are better because they're in organic soil or that they like know at all that I'm spending more money. Um, the reason I do it really is that also I don't think the miracle grow was prime eligible. Mm. And so that one time I bought a bunch of soil and I brought it back here, but really that's not a sustainable lifestyle at all. So I absolutely have the soil shipped to me. Um, there's a girl I follow on Instagram who lives in London and she is always posting stories of like bringing soil on the bus from the grocery store to her apartment and I commend her, but that's not my life. Yeah. It'd be be like a workout. Yeah, definitely. It's okay. Like a, what, like 20 pound? I actually don't know because the other thing is like most organic things, the organic soil comes in smaller bags. Uh, so it's like pretty manageable. But yeah, Miracle Grow comes in those like hefty ass bags. Yeah, I imagine just doing like suitcase carries on the subway. Yeah. Just, just like, <laughs> like 20 pound Miracle Grow bags. Just like, it's your workout for the day. That would probably be useful at some point though, because like we've reached the capacity that when I repot in the summer, I use a lot of soil. That's true. So yeah, I end up buying a lot of like organic soil bags. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I feel a little bit like for science's sake, I should do like half and half one year and see if 
one is objectively better. Conduct research. Yeah. I'd like to say that I like supporting the organic soil company, but I have no idea... Like, for all I know, they what could... What they're really up to. Well, right. I mean, like, for all I know, they're just, like, owned by miracle Grow anyway, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. They're, like, owned by Coca-Cola. Yeah. So, like, like what? I'm not going to talk out my ass about, like, them being a nice company. If they are, I'm happy for them, but I don't know. And if they are, and we're happy for you, you should sponsor a podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and then I'll take lots of photos of me holding the soil. And then we'll take good. a stance. Yeah, but to talk about light, I I think there were two things that really helped me in understanding um, how to keep plants alive. One of them was light, and the other one was pot size as it relates to watering. The first was that they always say, like, buy the right size pot for your plant. And for a long time, from an aesthetic perspective, I was like, this sounds like some bullshit because if I want to take this cool looking plant and grow it in this cool looking pot so that I have a cool looking situation going, I'm just going to do that. And I am the person and this is the plant and like, this is how it's going to be. I realize now that that was stupid Mm. because if the pot is too big, you're going to put too much water in the pot. The plant isn't going to have enough roots to suck up the water and then it's just going to drown. I will say every plant I've ever killed has drowned, Mm. Um, especially those herbs. I like watered those herbs every time I looked at them and that's why they drowned. It was so wet. (sighs) R.I.P. And so I killed a lot of plants that way too. I put them in pots that were too big and they just drowned. And it took me a really long time and a lot of people saying the same thing to be like, oh, fuck, that's right. Like, this is why it's happening. Um, so that's one thing. But the other thing that, like, finally clicked for me was the guy who runs Houseplant Journal, who's a very smart, nice man, it seems, um, says this thing over and over and he has a book coming out eventually at some point which i'm really excited for so i hope that that comes out soon and i can get it from the library yeah (laughs) his thing was like people are always asking him as a plant influencer how often to water Hmm. and everyone says the same thing about this that it's like really dependent on your conditions Mm -hmm. and there's no like actual schedule on which to water Mm -hmm. and What he says is like, the question is not water. The question is light. Your plant is converting light into energy. And it's when it uses energy that it needs the water. Mm. And so the amount of light your plant gets and how much energy it's able to generate is directly related to how much water it needs. So in the case of my plants, if my plants lived where they were supposed to live, they'd need to be watered way more often. Because even though they're cacti, they're getting a lot of sun, they're creating a lot of energy, and they're like needing more water. Here, they need basically zero water because relative to the amount of light they would expect to be getting, they're not getting any. Hmm. And that's like changed my plant killing ways. <laughs> Is that like knowing that my plants really get very little light relative to what they're expecting means that I just never water, and now all my plants are alive. Ta-da! Wow, I just did a sound effect. That was cool. Yeah, right? (laughs) Really liberating. Welcome to it. So yeah, that was like 
a big thing for me. And like I mentioned, I do grow under supplemental light because I realized very quickly that like the light coming in the windows is definitely not enough. Mm. Um, and I can post some links to my grow light setup. It's not like a, like a grow operation. I put the light bulb in just like a regular lamp. It's actually the only lamp we own because as I've said, I kind of hate lamps, Uh but I needed something to screw the light bulb into. So here we are. Um, Though at the time that I was researching all of this, I wasn't really like in plant Instagram yet. And I'm willing to claim that like houseplants hadn't become the epic thing they are right now because there wasn't as much like talk about supplemental light at the time. So actually I did end up referring to like a lot of grow operations in which lights they preferred. Hmm. And now there are actually probably better products for home growers. And I can link to some of those too, because Bloom and Grow Radio talks about those a lot. Um, but yeah, I I like the light. We actually kind of like the light for us as well. Yeah. <laughs> Especially during the winter. Yeah. Good um, stuff. But we just have a light. It's on a timer too. It's a pretty professional setup, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, and then... The plants that don't live under the grow light come out and sit on the coffee table when the light is on, and then they go back. So it's like a kind of it's an investment of time mm-hmm. and energy for sure. Mm. I'm like I kind of roped you into that because you're most often home when the light comes on, mm-hmm. and when the light goes off. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you do a lot of work for the plants that like aren't your plants really. Mm. It's true. Do a lot of moving. It's fine. It's not actually a lot of moving. It's pretty easy. It's good. Maybe you don't resent it. Yeah. It's like living in this apartment full of plants that you resent and want yeah. to die. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just the ones, there's a windowsill that the light doesn't quite reach. So that's easy. And there's just a couple in the bedroom. Yeah, I think... And the snake plant, which we haven't even talked about because it doesn't even need light. That's true. We haven't talked about the snake plant. That guy plant. has maybe been the longest running plant, right? It's been alive the whole time. That's true. The snake plant we got pretty soon after I got <clears throat> the big cactus because it's another pretty substantial piece. It's the only one that's in like a pot on the ground besides the big cactus. Yeah, it's wicked big. Um, snake plants are one of those plants that they're always talking about are like indestructible and need no light. They live in space. They do live in space. They were part of that NASA study about um, which plants clean your air. Hmm. And that's why I put it in the bedroom so that our bedroom air is clean. I don't know. There are like no demonstrable effects from that. Um, Walk to the bedroom and you hit with fresh air. Yeah. But that's what science says. So I tried it. Um, and yeah, that guy's been just like chugging along. I almost overwatered him to death too, but he really bounced back after I stopped doing that. <laughs> He's like, I live in space, motherfucker. <laughs> Can't stop me. And actually, like, so there's ve- there's no light where he lives at all. Um, and yeah. if he lived in a room where he received light, he would, like, grow more and be happier and maybe even bloom. Whoa. Whoa. He can bloom? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Into what? What? what he just like? gets these little white flowers that, like, spring up from the middle of the little rosettes. Wow. Yeah. It's pleasant, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
But one day. I mean, I would really like cacti flower, and it would be really cool if I could get my cacti to flower. But again, that's directly tied to how much light they get. Right. And so, like, none of our plants have the energy to do anything but be alive. So <laughs> they're yeah. doing their best. That's also something the Houseplant Journal says a lot that I really liked. It's like, you're doing your best to provide the right conditions to your plant and your plant's doing its best to stay alive in the conditions you're providing it. Mm -hmm. So like if your plant like gets a little like lopsided and janky looking, you should still love it anyway, because it's like trying its hardest. <laughs> That's really nice. Fair. You know, and it like, I feel like when I started growing plants, it was like, again, all aesthetic. So I felt all of this pressure to like basically give them greenhouse environments to make them like, really perfect and i realized over the course of doing this for like two years now yeah probably. um but it's not really about that like all of these plants are kind of stupid looking because <laughs> they just like don't have the right amount of light at all but like i don't know i love them all with their little stupid heads wow yeah that's pretty touching. Thanks. Um, I figured we would do a pest section because everyone does a pest section. Um, and also because I have a very intimate relationship with the pest situation. Mm. Because the reason that the big cactus died and actually like half of my cacti died in that like same swath was that I got a spider mite infestation and just like cross-contaminated it against across all of my plants it was really very savage and gross um and so <laughs> i guess this was this also goes back to like the organic discussion because i don't know if you remember in the first big cacti we had all of those fungus gnats mm, i do which aren't that bad for the plant actually but like we're gross to have yeah that's pretty bad and so my first thought was like oh my god we gotta kill him with fire and i got this like really pretty intense like chemical pesticide mm -hmm. and like mixed it into the soil and we ended up having to like safe dispose it and it was super crazy mm. um and it didn't work we still had fungus gnats yeah that's true and something that like everyone says is if you're going to bring something like that into your home, like think about whether you want that inside, you know, like you're not a commercial grow operation. This is your house. <laughs> and these are like very real chemicals that will maybe kill the bugs, but like also maybe kill you. Mm. Um, so I started using neem oil, which I can link to. And that pretty much like, has decimated anything else that came in. It just like makes it naturally harder for the bugs to reproduce because they're all like covered in oil and heavy and sad. Hmm. Um, and that's been pretty good. I like spray it on everything. If I see a bug, I spray it on stuff just like preemptively if I'm bringing new stuff in and I suspect that they might have a bug. <laughs> um, and yeah, it smells a little bad, so I do it in the shower, but other than that, it's like perfectly safe to be around and to breathe. And that's better than that weird insecticide stuff I had that one time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bug situation, really pretty under control. Also, I learned with the fungus gnats, that has to do with overwatering too. They really like it when it's wet in the soil. Uh, if you let the soil dry out, they also dry out and die. Well. Yeah. So 
really overwatering was the cause of 110% of my plant problems. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing I do is when I water, I make sure that nothing touches anything else. Like, I don't mix soil from one pot into another pot, and that keeps from cross-contaminating. So, like, if something is going to get pests and die, it's really only that one thing. And I can keep it kind of separate. Hmm. So, yeah. I'm not, like, an expert at this stuff yet by any means, but I've been to enough of these plant classes and heard enough of the same, like, five basic questions that I feel pretty qualified to answer those questions. (laughs) In a room full of retired people yeah they're always like really lovely middle-aged women in these classes who drive in from like long island or upstate or sometimes connecticut and like are always talking about these problems they have in their like backyard gardens over like several acres Mm. i'm like i don't have any of those problems (laughs) but they're always quite nice and you can answer their five basic questions i can answer yeah the five basic questions about pests that they have five basic questions you hear all the time um what <laughs> they're they're like again people like have these very specific questions of like if i have this plant in this condition like how many times do i water it a week mm-hmm. um like what do i do if i have bugs like what about this specific bug in this specific plant mm-hmm. um A lot of people are concerned about the rocks. So this is something that, like, I learned from the Barnard guy as well. Mm -hmm. The Barnard guy was kind of like a renegade a little (laughs) bit. He was not for organics. He's really not about putting the rocks in the bottom of your pot to, like, aid in drainage. Um, His argument was that the water can, like, stagnate in there and then continue touching the soil. Hmm. Yeah. So, actually, I don't do that anymore. I just got rid of the rocks completely. Um, Yeah, but a lot of people are, like, very concerned about exactly, like, how many inches of drainage based on the size of the pot. Basically, what I've learned is that it's, like, not about specifics Hmm. at all. It's very basic principles and just, like knowing what that kind of plant would want. Like all of the plants I grow are from the desert and don't want water and do want light. Mm -hmm. And so that's like how I need to approach the care of all of them. And that's why I killed all those other plants because like now my default mode when I'm like approaching plants is less water, more light. Hmm. Um, And that's not right for all plants, you know? And so like, if people want to grow tropicals or want to grow like aquatic plants or whatever, you know, they need to figure out what those plants want and do those things for them. Mm. Um, But it's not about like inches of drainage to inches of soil, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So the last overarching question, how many plants is too many plants? I feel like I'm not a plant hoarder. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there, there is a natural stopping point for me, I think. And, like, I don't acquire at the rate I was acquiring when, like, I was new. Because mm. there was a point where I was just, like, going out and buying new plants and new pots and, like, uh, filling up windowsills. Yeah. And now that's not so much it. Like, sometimes stuff will die 
and I'll replace it. Or like, I got, I think I got one pot this year. What was the second one? Both in the class. Oh yeah, when I go to classes, the, like most of the classes end in like a potting activity. So yeah. I did get two new plants in new pots this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. That's pretty good for a yearly one, though, yeah. I think. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't have like any number or limit. I think if it felt like a scene from Jumanji, it'd be a lot. Like if we were... You know I wouldn't look like a scene from New Jumanji, though, because Jumanji freaks the shit out of me. Wow. And I, like, fucking hated that. Only the original. I haven't seen the new one, for the record. This is what we're referencing. That's true. But, like, I don't think the new one would be, like, as scary because we're not kids anymore. But the fact that, like, anyone ever wanted to watch Jumanji, like, in school was so devastating to me. Because why weren't they fucking freaked out like I was? Yeah. It was so scary. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little creepy. Then there was that, like, spit-off cartoon of it. Did you ever see that? I didn't know uh, about that, no, because... No, it was pretty... Why would I want that? That got kind of dark at times, the cartoon, as I recall. Anyway, as long as it's not like that, you know, I think it's pretty manageable. Yeah, I think, I mean, like, there's a livability aspect, right? Like, we don't have... A lot of space so we can't be like taking up our livable space to have plants in yeah i will say also i feel kind of like a hard line at the coffee table like we do have plants on the coffee table a good amount of the day mm -hmm. and like we need to be able to use the coffee table for other things mm -hmm. and so if the coffee table became overwhelmed at some point we would like have to do something mm -hmm. yeah but i don't know i think it's nice to have them i think like it's a Zen activity for me to like take care of them, to water them. And I really like repotting them. Um, I like touching the dirt, but not worms. I don't like worms and I wouldn't want to garden outside. So I feel like actually having houseplants is really clutch for me because it's like a very controlled experience with nature. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's like a nice activity for me. I know people say that they like, like having nature in their home and having them around is a positive experience. I don't know if I feel that way or not. Yeah. Is that something that affects you? You're like the nature one. No, <laughs> nature. Uh, I don't know. I it's not really my association of nature. That's like, true. You know. So I they feel very houseplanty to me, just because I've never. I mean, I've gone out west, done some touristy things out west in the national parks and stuff, but never been. Like a will, like a Western wilderness, you know, or like Saguaro National Park or anywhere, really, cactus full, like arches, Grand Canyon. I don't even know how many like cacti they had. Like, there probably some around. Those well, it's parks. not really like a curated yeah. experience of like you're not going to like a botanical garden when you go to the Grand Canyon. Right. They're no, probably, but I like, mean, native cacti up there. I mean, like Saguaro is like a cactus forest basically right that's true and joshua tree has a lot of big patches of cacti um so yeah my association with cactus is cactus there yeah, i've used every term in this, <laughs> in this past little blip is that they're very like manicured mm. but my only experience of them growing up on the east coast is you go and you see them in botanical gardens on field trips and they don't really exist anywhere else because you can't grow them anywhere else. You know, it was never part of my parents' garden or my grandparents' garden. So it was just like, 
something I would see on a field trip. So I have a very curated feeling about them. But it feels cool. I have nothing against them. I wouldn't say it feels like nature. It just feels like a cool lifestyle element to have cactus around. It's like nice to have that green and that naturalness more so than like nature. Or, you know, like it's cool to have other living things around, which is maybe weird. You know, like I don't want fish or, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, and don't have any conception of the responsibility for an actual animal. Um, so like, it's nice to have plants around. It's like a good, for lack, for like fear rather of sounding metaphysical, it's like a good energy to have like other living things and to know that like, at least you are taking care of them, <laughs> you know? Well, I feel like that's what a lot of people say, that it's like an energy thing and like a life thing. I kind of still perceive them as art mostly, I think. And I like like them because of the way they look. Yeah. Um, it's like an activity for me. And I think I appreciate like the requirements of life more. But I don't know that I get like an energy from them. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm getting radiated by their fields. Uh, but I don't know. It just feels feels pleasant to know. You know, it's like a lot of work goes into it, and it's cool. It's cool to know that you're in a space. It's like, I would say, it exemplifies to a degree, kind of like the painting of the walls does, like the amount of work that we put into the space. Like the fact that you take time to keep things alive in here exemplifies the kind of work and the kind of curation that goes into the space which is cool it's a pretty valid point i like that i feel like when you i know for sure when you look at an instagram photo of like a decorated room with a plant and that plant doesn't live in that room that it was like put there for that and like is a greenhouse plant that like is really perfect and doesn't have a stupid head um i think that was what i was going for initially and now i'm more like transitioning into these plants live here yeah and that that's nice and they still are pretty and they still do what i thought they were going to do but kind of in a more imperfect way Mm. i think like a lived in way yeah like that lived in way thanks for listening to this episode of apartment 26 For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at APT26Podcast. See you next time.